1: Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Kieran is fresh and cheerful, even though he had a night out last night at the League Managers Association, end of season due, and I am sulky and not cheerful because I didn't have a night out last night at the League Managers Association, end of season due. I mentioned this to somebody in the Paulson's Arms before the last match of the season, Kieran. Somebody said you're you being left behind, Kev. It's it's, it's your it's your pod as well. You need to put your foot down. And I said, don't call me Kev. And the argument, the argument carried on from there. Did you, ever, did you have a nice night, Kieran?
0: I had a wonderful night. I, I was sat at a table with uh, Glenn Rhoda's uh, widow uh, and uh, some of their some of their children. And yet she was she was completely charming, wonderful, and spoke so. Uh, lovingly of of Glenn Roder, who, who sadly passed away far too young, um, and the League Managers Association does fantastic work mm. for uh, for the families of, of the members, and also for for all of the people in the LMA. So it's 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 a it's a very good forward thinking uh, organisation. Uh, Big Sam gave a talk about how they spotted some health problems for him, uh, and yeah, you know, that's why he's still here today. And, and he was very grateful. So yeah, it was it was a, it was a fantastic event.
1: He's uh, he's quite funny on the quiet, Sam Allardyce, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> very very sharp. Yes. Uh, also terrified of uh, driverless trains. I think we may have had this discussion before. <laughs> when, <laughs> he's open enough to admit when he first took over at West Ham. He, he thought we'd have a look around the area, got on the Docklands Light Railway, uh, said to somebody on the train, when's the driver turning up? And the bloke went, hasn't got a driver, mate. And Big <laughs> Sam got off. And big Sam said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sitting on a train, hasn't got a driver. Uh, also a big fan of Dancing on Ice. But there you are. Two bits of information we didn't think we'd be sharing today. It's news day, Kieran. And speaking of information, we've got two bits of information for our lovely listeners at the end. But first... Some news stories, and um, this one is very much breaking news. Kieran uh, happened overnight, but it's a story you were kind of aware of for quite some time. It's been it's been buzzing about. Yes, it has. Uh, th- this
0: is uh, an investigation by uh, BBC Wales News Unit, and uh, it's to do with uh, spot fixing in football. Um, they they managed to find. Uh, evidence of a couple of players who who've been knocking around the lower leagues, you know, Stranraer, Brechin City, Dorchester Town, and, and and one of the clubs in Wales as well. Um, and what was happening was the, uh, the 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 allegations, and and they have been strenuously denied, of course, by the by by the players who've just come out. But uh, I think that they they do have sufficient evidence to suggest that there have been some uh, uh, inappropriate behaviour taking place. It was it was sort of. What you might call low rent things. So, you know, 50 quid will, will, for for the next throw in, for, you know, for a foul. I think it could rise to 500 pounds for a yellow card and a grand for a red card. Um, And and it makes you wonder, you know, why are people betting on things like this in, in, you know, for matches involving Breaking and Stranraer and Dorchester and and, and I think Lenethley? It's because the, the global, betting market is so huge mm. um so the 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 people involved um if they are uh, if they are charged by the Welsh FA uh, and I suspect they'll be backed up elsewhere by other by FIFA and UEFA and so on um I think we're probably looking at a minimum of a 7 year ban uh but it it, it you know, we, we've seen this in other sports where there's been accusations in tennis snooker cricket uh, and so on it's always been a bit harder to to have this in football because it is it is more of a team sport but it's it's it, i think where the gap, where the bets are being placed on individual activities it's slightly more easy to manipulate
1: yeah it's also a reflection Kieran of the, the, the sort of wages players at that level are being paid isn't it because the temptation is much higher to earn a few bob simply by, you know, getting yourself a yellow card in the 25th minute so a, a gambler in Singapore can earn themselves even more, Bob. But this is very much an issue in, in horse racing. Most people you talk to in, in horse racing uh, are, are absolutely certain that at the higher levels of the sport, it, it, it is squeaky clean. There's nothing going on. But down down at the lower levels, the, the handicapper... Is being manipulated. Shenanigans may well go on. Hmm. You know, if your horse is is taking part in a race at Toaster and the prize money is a thousand pound, and you can run it over the wrong distance to to get your weight down, or you can you know maybe decide it's not going to win, then it's more understandable that that would happen. So, and also, unfortunately, human nature is such. Kieran, there will always be people involved in any sport who are happy to take a few bob from somebody. I mean, you know, people yeah. listening to this will begin, you know, look at these two middle aged old men. Who happily take money from Manscaped when well, it's quite clear they haven't touched their pubes in seven or eight years? Well, so, and neither is anybody else. In my case, I'm married. <laughs> that was a refreshingly 70s thing to say, Kieran. <laughs> 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 and that's, that's why it made me laugh so much. <laughs> um, and the uh, rest of I was going to say the rest of the news, but this. <laughs> It is well. It is the rest of the news technically yes, correct? But my use of English was more correct than I thought it was. Correcter than I thought it was. Uh, the Premier League has finally approved the takeover of Chelsea by a consortium led by LA Dodgers co-owner Todd Burley. Yes, yeah. Uh, the problem is if, every time I I see his name, I think
0: of the song "So Lonely" by the Police, <laughs> and, and then I get an earworm for about the next hour. So so I, I wish it. I wish he was called. Dave, or something like that. <laughs> um, so, so what, what? we had yesterday was the Premier League came out um, early, early evening, um, with confirmation that the consortium uh, of of Todd Bowley um, has has been approved. They've they've passed the owners and directors test. And, and I, I was also and this is this is this is name, but I was also sat next to to Dan Rowan from the BBC um and, and as the stuff came through he was he he was looking he said i'm, I'm not going to get i'm not going to get as far as my main course on this and and indeed he was then summoned to Stamford bridge to do a to do a vox pop uh which meant that i is a, I is a dessert um every 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 cloud kieran every, every cloud. cloud exactly <laughs> and i'm sure yeah I'll, I'll 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 i'm thankful to dan for that um but, uh, so so the the Premier League has said that all of the uh, all of the prospective owners so it includes the likes of Clear Lake Capital and the Swiss billionaire and so, some of Todd Bowley's partners they've all passed the owners and directors test so this can go forwards um, we were then waiting for white smoke from the UK government and, and that effectively came through overnight so so they are happy because remember we're, we're recording this this show's going out on the 26th of um, the twenty sixth of May, which which would have be been my old man's ninetieth
1: birthday. Actually, That's thinking about it, kieran, um, kieran it took me, it took you so long to remember what month we we're in. There wasn't wine in that dessert, was there? Was there any <laughs> of alcohol involved in that dessert? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> um so but the the license expires
0: on the 31st and also of course Chelsea have a wage bill to pay in the next 2 days or 2 or 3 days and that's in the region of 28 million pounds so we're not quite sure where that money's coming from so it looks as if we've we've we're practically there we're 98% of the way there the only thing that is outstanding is that roman abramovich is an eu citizen because he's got portuguese yeah. uh, portuguese passport in effect um, and therefore, the EU have uh, sanctions against him as well. Though, again, sort of the noises we're getting through is that they are happy with the deal. The, the government is, was still concerned, um, until it got sufficient assurances that Abramovich would not benefit financially from this. Um, and, and i think they they are satisfied that the the money will be ring fenced um, I, I think the, the the biggest winners uh for this is, is likely to be uh, Marina Granovskaya who was um Roman Abramovich she was originally his PA at, at yep. Sibneft his, his russian company um and and now she's effectively running running Chelsea on a day-to-day basis the stories are that she's got she's got 20 million quid for for 5 weeks work wow. uh, working on, in terms of this deal uh but Yeah, that that, that's the nature of mergers and acquisition work. Yeah, it it is. It is very high high reward, and and I'm sure she's worked very hard for it. Uh, Sorry, Kevin. Who will have paid her that money? Well, uh, that will come. That will come out of what we refer to as the net proceeds. So, if if the the Bowley consortium is paying two point five billion. Then I believe that there is fifty million pounds worth of fees going to people at Chelsea for their involvement in in terms of getting the deal over the line by the time of the deadline. So that will reduce uh, the money which is going to the the, the good causes, um, which you know, we we hope will will very
1: swiftly uh, receive the proceeds of, of this sale. Yeah, two things off the back of that. Kieran, uh, and we did discuss this before, the fact that 50 million quid of it is being trousers by other people and not going to the charity, but um, it's strange, isn't it, that a club that has been one of the richest in the world since 2003, I think when Abramovich took over, and is about to be one of the richest in the world again, is actually having trouble finding the money for the monthly wage bill. It seems very counterintuitive, but also, now that they've been taken over by what is essentially a consortium, led by uh, Todd Bowley, rather than just one person. So you've got a lot of rich people involved. Will that make decisions on transfer fees, for example, uh, more difficult? Do they have to be negotiated, or will somebody at the club be nominated to make those decisions? You know, will they, will they say, right, Todd, you're running the club, you're the one who's in charge of the budget. Well, if, if
0: we deal deal with those in turn, in in terms of the issues with the wages, um, Chelsea effectively used Roman Abramovich as the bank of mum and dad. In right. the sense that they they were losing so much money. Remember, they lost nine hundred grand a week for yeah, for, yeah. for nineteen years under Abramovich. So therefore, they had to go to him on a regular basis to say, "We've got the wait. We've got a wage run taking place in you know next Friday." And and if if you sort of delve deep into the accounts, we saw last year that Abramovich lent Chelsea one hundred and fifty million quid over the course of the year, and they repaid him one hundred and thirty. So every time they needed cash in in the club and, and that's partly due to um your your wage your wage cost clearly is the is the is the biggest cost it is the most constant cost but the money coming in is very lumpy you get you get a lot of money in june and july from the from the premier league for the upcoming tv deal you get a lot of money up front from season ticket holders and sponsors and then Ch- uh, chelsea is a football club wasn't bringing in a lot of money itself on a match-by-match basis uh-huh. because it's it's only got a capacity of 41,000. Yeah, He's got yeah. 27,000 season ticket holders. So so it effectively used uh, it used uh, Abramovich as, as a cash point machine. And when the decision was made to put the, the club up for sale, we don't know how much cash it had in the bank, but I suspect it wasn't enough because remember Chelsea haven't been able to sell tickets they've they've not been able to use the merchandise store so they're not not even got that that trickle of income coming in so so that's why um I I think there were issues in in terms of focusing uh the 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 minds on wages and remember the government flexed the license which allowed Abramovich to put money into the club um to to allow it to 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 make its costs. as far as decision making is concerned um, what we tend to see with uh, you know, big investors is that they they tend to take a hands off approach. They 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 will say, "Well, you know, we we're not uh, experts in football." Uh, I, I've just done a an interview for for BBC America, and I had to call it soccer, and uh, had to talk about the player roster uh, and, and all of all of. Can, can, you say, can you not say these words? I can't say football. No, no you can't say football. Um, um, so so you know the the owners will acknowledge that they they don't know anything about the game itself um and therefore they will delegate that responsibility to um buck bruce buck or or silent bruce as he is known yeah. or bruce past the buck uh, whatever you want to call him <laughs> um and amrina uh, graviskaya and then they will work with the with the people on the football side so i, I don't don't perceive that being a major change um looking at what Bowley has done uh, for the for his LA uh, sports franchises, he is a big fan of Moneyball and, and therefore I think we'll see a different strategy uh, in terms of there won't be sort of random signings or you know somebody that that uh, Bramovich sees you know score a couple of goals on YouTube and the next minute he's just signed for Chelsea for 30 million pounds. it will be far more scientific than that.
1: Kieran, given that just the very last pod we did, I had to tell you off for saying line instead of Q. And Z instead of Z. I imagine you enjoyed yourself immensely saying things like soccer and roster. Um, just across the capital of England, uh, before our Scottish listeners tweet in, so they don't need much excuse. Um, Tottenham's majority shareholders, Enix Sports Inc., have announced they will be putting an extra £150 million into the club. Is that in cash, Kieran? It is. It is. Um, and I think this is this is a look at me moment
0: oh. um, from Enoch, who have been criticised by uh, certain sections of the fan, Spurs fan base for, for not investing in the club on a regular basis. Um, uh, but also, I, th- I think it's it's a signal that's being sent out to Antonio Conte, who has been, you know, there's been a few toys out of pram. Uh, since since he became the Spurs manager, in terms of well, if you want this club to compete at the elite level, I've, I've got to have the, the resources to do so. Um, normally, when a when a company or a football club uh, issue shares, you you find out on companies' house a few weeks later. Mm. But this was this came out from the Spurs uh, website. It was clearly sent to um, every football journalist uh, around as well because. That They started pinging out stories on the back of this, Uh, and and you can understand why. It it is a lot of money. Um, What is the money going to be used for? Well, if if we take a look at Spurs' debts, they have all been renegotiated. They're all long-term debts. They're they're, they're not due for repayment. Um, So it looks as if it's going to be working capital. For the club to utilise over the course of the summer, and it's effectively saying to to Conte, um, yeah, here's here, here's here's your playpen, 150 million quid. Go and sign some decent players and and make Spurs more competitive. And, and I think it's actually quite a a smart move um, from Spurs because the 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 Champions League is so lucrative. It yeah. is so important to get into. Now they. They 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 achieved that uh, this season partly due to to Arsenal imploding at the end of the season. Um, it's it's worth an extra hundred million pounds a year. So if they. If they spend well and smart this summer, then they can accentuate that gap between themselves and Arsenal. They're fully aware that that Newcastle is a potential challenger. Um, they're aware that Manchester United have got a new manager and is likely to be back in the market. So, so they've 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 effectively you you've got to spend money to stay still as far as that fourth place position is concerned. And if 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 we're honest, I think the chances of either Manchester City or Liverpool not being in top four under their two present managers is pretty remote. So you've got four, potentially five teams chasing uh, after two places and Spurs want to try
1: to cement themselves into that position. You see, I think uh, the Chelsea takeover, this extra money for Tottenham is all bad news for Man United because I think... They're going to struggle enough to recruit players as it is in the summer mm. because of what's happened there without the fact that two of their biggest rivals have now got probably a lot more cash to spend than they would normally have. Plus, as well, I think the other bad news for United is that the the, the near demise of Everton will have made clubs like Palace, Brighton, Wolves, Leicester, maybe even West Ham, Southampton think, well, that that can't happen to us. So we'll have to spend a bit more money attracting the sort of players that maybe would have looked at Man United before. So I think, I mean, it's just something for us to dis- discuss uh, in future pods, but I've, I'm going to be very interested to see how United approach it financially because, I mean, he's talked a big fight about, you know, ending the dominance of Liverpool-Man City. Oh, I can't see how he's going to do that in one season unless the Glazers are willing to put a lot more money into transfers than they have done. And staying in the Premier League here, and you've been looking how the Premier League prize money has been divvied up. And, and first of all, Kieran, we should say it's been divvied up unfairly because for some reason the fates conspired. And I suppose I should say congratulations for Brighton to manipulate their way above Palace, thanks to West Ham imploding on the final day, despite the pact we had with West Ham that we would beat Man United for them and they would beat Brighton for us, they just let us down. Typical East End behaviour, I have to say. Not that, not that I'm still bothered by it by any means, Karen. But anyway, just let's have a look at how the Premier League prize money's been divvied up. I'll doodle something and then we'll move on to the question after that. <laughs>
0: right. Um, well, I I've, I was marking some exams uh, earlier this week um, and I got bored so. Uh, And I therefore went on to the Premier League website and I listed every single match which had been chosen live for TV. And on the back of that, I was able to work out how much money each club is likely to receive because the way that the Premier League uh, uh, allocates money or distributes money between clubs, it's effectively 50% as far as the domestic deal is, is, is split evenly. 25% Twenty-five percent on final league position, and then the final twenty-five percent is based on the number of times you're chosen by the by the senior uh, by the senior broadcast partners. So it, it comes as no surprise: Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City were the most popular clubs. Um, and on the basis of that, uh, I ended up with a figure of 161 million pounds uh, for Manchester City uh, in terms of their likely rewards. Uh, But Norwich, who finished bottom of the Premier League, um, generated 100 million. Now, yeah, potentially they could be replaced this weekend by by Nottingham Forest, who aren't in receipt of parachute payments. Forest gets seven million. So, so this is this this huge gap is is uh, still an ongoing uh, concern. But I, I think the the model that the Premier League use, which which has been it has been tweaked. Uh, on on a few occasions is 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 quite a good one because um, you know without it you you end up with with more dead rubbers than a than a malfunctioning condom factory um, <laughs> on on the final day of the season and and, and in the case of Brian, um we we were losing at uh, at home to West Ham so they they they, they kept their side of the pact um, for for forty five minutes. Uh, but we turned it around in the second half, and we went from thirteenth to ninth. And, and to, to put this in context, that meant it generated for the club an extra two hundred and forty-four thousand pounds a minute. Wow! Wow! Yeah, for for what? to the outside world is a dead rubber match yeah uh you know and, and you know uh, I, yeah that's 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 a ridiculous amount of money i i i know I know, that, I know there'll be lawyers listening thinking if you think that's expensive you should try us boys um <laughs> but but even so um it, it it does indicate that the premier League is is genuinely competitive yeah personally i i I'd, I'd go a step further as i think you're probably aware i'd just say the champions league guaranteed spots for the top three, and then you have playoffs between fourth and ninth. You know, sixth plays ninth, seventh plays eighth. The winners of that play fourth and fifth. You then go for a two-legged fight. Can you imagine the tension there? Uh, And and for relegation, I'd I'd relegate two and then the four above them. They would have a playoff for who's who's going to get relegated, uh, and then you you practically got the whole of the Premier League with something huge to play for uh, on those last couple of days of the season. Now, if they do adopt this, I, yeah, I, I do want a commission, um, but uh, it, it's 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 a model I, I I was working on when I was doing lots of spreadsheets for. Yeah, uh, you know, some of the fan-led review stuff just to try to make it. Uh, how how can we generate even more money from the Premier League so we can redistribute more to, to the low the lower leagues? But uh, it, it just shows the the appeal of the uh, of the product uh, and the huge sums involved.
1: <clears throat> well, I agree with you, Kieran. So if you get a commission, I want some of that commission as well, just for agreeing with review. I I quite like the Scottish system where the 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 playoff is between a team at the bottom of the Premier League. Uh, and from the top of the the championship, that's yeah. I, I enjoyed that. So you're t- Nor- so Norwich went down with a hundred million pound broadcast money, yeah, and a hundred and forty million pound parachute payment. Now the, the parachute payments will be seventy
0: five because they because oh, they yes. got relegated well, straight yes. away. Right. So so, um, so so we we will say as far as Forrest are concerned, getting promoted. Is worth a minimum of one hundred and seventy five million because, because yep. even if they, if, even if they stink out the uh, the Premier League next season, of course they've got to win the playoffs yet. But you know, Steve Cooper, really good guy. You know, wish him all the best, and and good luck to Huddersfield as well. Yeah, we're we, we, this we're not uh, we, we've not got a dog in the fight. Um, they'll get they'll get a minimum of one hundred million TV money and a minimum of two years of parachutes, which is worth a f- further seventy five. Uh,
1: you know, somebody sent me yesterday a league table, Kieran, a Premier League table. Based on points earned per million pounds spent. And bugger, yep. bugger me, Brighton were two places above us in that as well. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was just about getting over it, and suddenly something that sent me out, and I was, I again for half an hour. Um, the last day of the season was incredibly exciting, uh, unless, of course, you were one of those clubs involved. A very good friend of mine, uh, who we've mentioned on this pod before, Dave Ricketts from Gloucester, who's a Leeds fan, home and away said uh, as a Leeds fan we pretty much knew that if we were going to stay up it would take a last minute goal against a team that were down to nine men but uh, <laughs> that's what happened and burnley's relegation we look, looked unlikely a couple of weeks ago uh, did happen and it looks like it will be particularly costly for them doesn't it
0: yes um yeah i've i've praised burnley on a regular basis uh, in terms of that they they run a really tight ship but uh, now that they have been relegated, the small print in the accounts, which which we did highlight a few weeks ago, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, is, is going to crystallise potentially. Uh, Burnley have borrowed £65 million from, uh, we think it's MSD Holdings. Um, they are paying interest on that at around about 9%. So, yeah, they're paying £6 million a year in interest. But it says in the small print that if the club is relegated – a substantial proportion of that loan must be repaid effectively over the course of the summer. Um, so, so where is that money going to come from? Um, Burnley did used to have a lot of cash in the bank, but you know, two weeks ago they they went to Macquarie uh, for, with a payday loan request in, in respect of the second instalment of the Chris Woods sale. Yeah. which which would suggest, yeah, you know, why would you do that if you had money in the bank? So yeah you know, that that would would suggest that uh, the, the cash position isn't as good as as the club or perhaps the fans would like it to be. Um yes they're going to receive 41 million pounds in parachute payments. The purpose of parachute payments is to cushion the fall in terms of you've you've got players on
1: big wage deals you know, somebody <laughs> he just come in with a wonky chomp. Um it's always you know what parachute payments seems to be his trigger word. <laughs> yes
0: um so he's now he, he will now throw he's now throwing the wonky chomp around uh gaily uh, as, as you would expect for a dog from brighton of course um <laughs> to, to to show to show what a clever pooch he is um so in, in respect of burnley it looks like the parachute payments are going to have to be used as a a certainly as, as a part payment uh for this loan how else are they going to pay the wages not certain, so expect uh, expect an exodus of players. Uh, yeah, the downside is that everybody that's potentially interested in the likes of yeah Nick Pope, Charlie Taylor, perhaps uh, McNeil, Tarkovsky's on his way to Villa apparently already, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's only got is he is his, is his contract up or he's got a year oh, left. Oh, okay, so right. um, it's yeah, they're going to say, well, we we, we know that that burnley are not in a strong negotiating position here and therefore the, the bids that will come in unless there's a lot of competition are likely to be lower than uh, than, than otherwise yeah, when 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 norwich were relegated uh, last season they didn't need cash desperately and therefore they were able to expi- extract full value for, yeah. for Buendia uh and so on so it it it's it's not it's, it's not a das- disastrous position because they do have saleable assets but uh, are they likely to be a, a yo-yo club next season? That they're they're in they're in a weaker position than the likes of, of Fulham and Norwich when they've been relegated.
1: It, it, it's strange, isn't it, Kieran? It is one of those "be careful what you wish for" moments. We've seen it at, at Everton as well. Clubs that were basically well-run on a lower budget than a lot of other teams in the Premier League, but essentially well-run and well-managed, and and got along quite nicely for quite some time. Suddenly the big investor comes along, everyone's really happy, we'll be pushing for Europe, and the opposite the opposite happens. And it seems strange that you know big new investment causes more financial trouble than it solves. Yeah. Spending it and spending it and well are are
0: two different things. And I think that's that's certainly evidence in what we've seen at Everton. Burnley Burnley is a different position in, in the sense that the new owners came in. And used the club's money yeah. and then borrowed in order to pay to, to acquire the club. Um, and now that the club has been relegated, the the, the lender has come in and says, eh, you're not getting £100 million guaranteed from TV in the future? Uh, okay, we want our money back. And, and that's, that's caused the problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite plain, Kieran, over two years of doing this pod that I am a financial idiot. But I still don't see how leveraged buyouts can be legal um but again that's something we can discuss on another pod yep. hi i'm
0: steve glamac and every week i'm joined by music allies head of insight, stuart dredge on the price of music the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry
1: This is news that we have been predicting for quite some time now. Uh, and The government have announced they're considering a ban on gambling companies being shirt sponsors in the Premier League.
0: Yes, it, it does seem that this is going to be the government strategy. Um, I, I think the gambling companies will be absolutely delighted with this, the, oh. the big gamblers, because yeah lab william hill paddy power well, they don't sponsor individual clubs you don't see Joe uh, uh, you, yes, you don't yeah, yes. you don't see uh, betfred no. on on the front of shirts uh yes we we've got sky bet who who sponsor the efl now is that going to be included oh. as part of the the proposals we don't know uh bet 365 yes they sponsor stoke stoke city because there is a long term uh, family based relationship with the city there um so if if this goes through and there's no loss of perimeter advertising. Then I, I, I don't see an issue. Um, I, I genuinely think it's 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 a lost opportunity uh, because the the gambling industry is the biggest single beneficiary of the success of the Premier League and the EFL. Yeah, if you've, you've just got to look at the the amount of additional money which is coming in. And since the rise of smartphones, everybody's got apps, and you can bet yet you know, all of the in play benefits um my view is that yeah you know, I, I i don't want to abolish gambling i i, I gamble myself yeah you know, yeah you know, I, I do the lottery and and i and, and normally i i bet on brighton to lose against palace <laughs> because that, that that's that's called an emotional hedge yeah. from, from 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 my perspective okay, okay no. yeah I, I, although when ben teke scored that <laughs> 95th minute goal I, I, I made about 500 quid And I, I cursed myself I was so ashamed of myself that night Good right um, you know. <laughs> um, But The horse racing industry Is funded by a levy yep. On on bets yep. um, and, and that's because of the importance Of the industry Why can we not do the same In football And we say well that money is split Okay yeah look Look, if if Rishi Sunak needs a few extra quid, he can take he can take twenty five percent of it, and the remainder is split between the EFL and grassroots football, which is chronically underfunded, um, and and the game genuinely benefits. So, so here the you know, the gambling industry, its reputation is enhanced. Um, you know, the the government, if it introduces this as legislation, it'll it'll be good for the government because this is going to appeal to its red wall um, and. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the the gambling industry can it, it can adjust its algorithms. You know, it it still won't go short. It will just yeah. sort of you know change the margins on on a few bets. Um, so, so so that would have been one way of um not having the same degree of exposure perhaps as before. But the the industry which has benefited most from football, you've only got to look at the the numbers in terms of both wages placed and uh and, and profits. If you go onto the the gambling commission website, it all details is all of you it, it could have generated large sums of money for for football uh, it could have helped out grassroots as well front of shirt is it's it, in my view it's tokenism um if if the gambling companies can advertise on tv bif- before the matches if they can sponsor the tv shows the fact that it's not on the front of shirts not going to make a lot of difference
1: you, you took the words out of my mouth, Kieran, because that was going to be my next question. If, if this is a moral stance on behalf of the government, then only to ban shirt sponsors, shirt front sponsors is the most token hmm. gestures. I, I don't understand. But in terms of timescale, will they give clubs in the Premier League who are sponsored, for example, by Man Bet X or W88, will they give them a season to say, you, you, you've got this time to find a new sponsor, or will this be... Uh, will this have to be done through legislation, or will they simply tell the Premier League that this is happening?
0: It, 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 I think this, this will be a white paper, so right. so we are talking time before it will run through Parliament, um, and then there is likely to be um, a a sort of a, a a tapering. So, I if you've got an existing relationship, you've got three years in which to terminate it. Um, because otherwise you are be potentially in breach of contract. Um so I, I don't I don't see an immediate change. Um it, you know the, the government does appear to uh you know to, to want to introduce this. It has listened to people. I've spoken myself to the gambling minister as have some of the people that we've had on the show historically yeah. uh with, with regards to to their relationship with the gambling industry. I I, I I'm not anti-gambling but I the 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 industry for an industry which considers a a problem gambler to be one who wins and they therefore quite quickly deal with them um it's it's not addressing some more of the fundamentals
1: yeah um this next news story kieran i read with some shame i have to say that uh, (laughs) it was allowed to happen um what well, are we, the sixth largest economy in the world? But an investigation into the collapse of Bangers City has found that some players brought over from South America and Europe on professional contracts uh said they ended up so desperate for food they were using food banks, despite the club claiming up to three hundred seventy five thousand pounds in furlough money. Now, I mean, it's it's bad enough, Kieran. That, You know, people are reduced in this day and age to have to make decisions whether to eat or heat, Mm. which unfortunately is becoming a a bit of a cliche. But you know, people are making these decisions on a daily basis. But here, here we hear about players invited over to earn money, um, not getting the money, and ending up having to beg for food. It's it's not. It's just not good, is it? Yes, yes. Uh, And and I think
0: potentially for our next live show, we we might have a a new contender for our top five Romans list. Uh, I I give to you Domenico Serafino, uh, who is the uh, flamboyant, uh, shall we say, uh, YouTube rock star style owner of Bangor City. It, It was a classic case, came in, Splashed the cash, made outlandish claims, recruited players from from uh, you know South Africa, South America, uh, other places, um, and claimed three hundred and seventy five thousand pounds in furlough money, which. Perfectly entitled to do. Yeah. You know, lower league clubs. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm always said, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have the resources to be self funding. Um, but it then appears that the furlough money, which was being claimed on behalf of the players, was not being passed on to them. Some players went four, five, six months being unpaid. Um, you know, they, had have been recruited from overseas, so therefore they wouldn't be entitled to universal credit. And you know, and they, then the system in terms of of social benefits was was creaking during yeah. lockdown anyway. Um, so it it doesn't look good at all. The club's not published any accounts since twenty nineteen. Yeah, classic red flag, uh, the type of thing that we look out for. It ended up being suspended by by the Welsh Premier League. Um, I think it was around last November, and it, and it subsequently withdrawn from the league because it hadn't paid its debts. So, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a it's a terrible mess. And and yeah, first of all. From a from a football point of view, which which is our focus, but but from a human point yeah. of view, yeah. uh, it, it's it's pretty shameful, uh, and no doubt the owner involved will uh, just just move on. And uh, but it, it does show how how easy it is to abuse the systems.
1: It, yes, it certainly does. And, and at the other end of the financial scale, uh, Real Madrid have signed a three hundred and sixty million euro deal with investment group Sixth Street and the U.S. sports entertainment group Legends to develop concerts and other events at the Bernabeu. And I'm guessing there will be some traditional Real Madrid fans, which probably most of them, who are not particularly happy about money being spent developing concerts at the Bernabeu rather than football. Mm, mm.
0: Well, uh, you know, Florentino Perez keeps saying that he, he needs to generate more money to be competitive with uh, other other clubs in Europe. He, he keeps them sniping away at uh, at Manchester City and uh PSG dis- despite the fact that between them they've won zero champions <laughs> leagues and real madrid uh of one was it 14 yeah um so um th- this deal is with specialists in in events um and, and effectively i think the deal with six street it's it's 20 year deal um real madrid will get a lot of cash up front uh, i think it's going to last for around about 20 years and and what what's going to happen is that Sixth street and legends are going to arrange these events um, and they're going to take a 20% commission uh under the uh under the reorganization plans for the Bernabeu, um there, there's going to be a retractable pitch um which is going to you know i've always said that football clubs need to need to sweat the assets um in order to to generate more money, you know, it, it's daft having a business where you're effectively only open twenty to thirty days a year. So, so uh, Real Madrid, they, they've seen how successful Spurs have been; they're following that. Uh, it looks like they might have a, an, an esports uh, stadium sort of embedded into it as well. Uh, again, big potential growth market. So, so you know, the club is it, it is it is thinking ahead um and uh it's it's taken advice and and it'll be it'll be giving hefty commissions to to these organisations but but if they deliver in terms of the of the concerts, um then
1: then you know that everybody wins yeah except those grumpy old real madrid fans who don't want anybody on the pitch except football players <laughs> um we spoke last week here or you told us last week very amusingly about the spanish press and their response to mbappe not coming to Madrid, yes. uh, the um, several people sent me over the weekend. The, the French press basically responded in kind, with and the tone was very much like, well, "Why would you want to go to a low rent country like Spain? <laughs> the <laughs> Weather's terrible, the food's awful." Of course, he's staying in France. Um, at time, Kieran, for the two pieces of information we promised our listeners. First of all, uh, a very nice chap from the kit manufacturer's Hummel is going to be talking to us uh, next week. So if you have any questions uh, around the manufacture of football kits or indeed uh, about your favourite colours, then by all means send them to the usual address, which we'll give you at the end of the pod. and uh, We'll extract the ones that don't have the word sweatshopping and put them to a lovely chat from Hummel. And secondly, uh, it's the end of the season, although not for us, Kieran, it doesn't matter whether there's no football on at all, <laughs> we, still, we still carry on regardless because the world of football finance carries on regardless. And of course, we've got, uh, we've got trophies to be won, we've got the Women's Euros to, to think about, so there's all sorts of things. So we will still be with you in the summer, but as always, we celebrate the end of the season with a Price of Football Zoom quiz, which will be held from around 7 o'clock next Thursday, June the 2nd. Now, neither of us realised this was a thing, Kieran, but it turns out that if you advertise uh, a quiz on social media and put the link on social media and you don't charge people for the quiz, it will attract a number of dickheads. As indeed it did last time. Although to be fair to the Baroness, he seemed to enjoy throwing dickheads off the off the the link. (laughs) So to prevent that happening this time, uh, we won't be posting the link on social media. What you'll be able to do is find the link in the description of this episode on your podcast app, and indeed in Monday's episode of your podcast app as well. So we hope to see you there. there may be prizes. We might we might go for the uh, – I like the repair shop. My new favourite TV show, the repair shop. Nobody wins a prize on the repair shop. Everyone just goes ha- goes home happy because of a creative job. Well done. And also, I think most of you have won our books by now anyway. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, not en- I'm not entirely sure what there is to come up with a prize. Speaking of which, uh, the logistical issues that have prevented me sending prizes out from the last quiz – uh, have been resolved. So they will be on the way, I promise soon. So uh, it'll be lovely to see you there. It's always uh, a pleasure. And without the dickheads, it'll be even more of a pleasure. And I'm sure Kieran the Baroness is delighted to find that you've got another task now, which is to come up with 20 questions for the next <laughs> week's Zoom quiz. Um Thank you to all of you who have donated to Pod via our Patreon page. It's very kind of you. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the Pod, go to Patreon.com/slash Price of Football. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, whether it's about kits or not, email us at questions at Price And in the meantime, I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary farewell.
0: Well, as always, folks, thanks very much for the feedback. Thanks for the support for the show. Uh, if, if you want to go down the Patreon route, as little as pound a month will get us give you lots and lots of love from us. Uh, and you get love without giving us a pound a month as well, <laughs> of course. Um, if you want to support us in another way, producer guy tells us, algorithms, algorithms, if you leave a review on your podcast app, it helps us in the charts. It helps uh, us to, to to go to guests because one. Well, one of the first things when we when we started talking to Armour, we said, uh, "Okay, uh, how, how many how many downloads do you get? Where are you in the charts?" And we, we can sort of start to quote the numbers. I think we're, we're getting two hundred thousand downloads a month now, which yeah. is uh, which which is which we're dead shaft about ability. It's,
1: it's pretty good, Karen. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter what you say in 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 your review. You could say you would rather the show was presented. By Sting and Beaker from the Muppets, and <laughs> and, it, and it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference. Our, our egos can cope with it. I assure you. I absolutely assure you. We, we and Kevin, we 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 can take it on. So so just fire away.
1: Well, our egos can cope with Beaker. I'm not sure my ego can cope with Sting still having his 12-hour tantric sex sessions <laughs> at the age of 75 or whatever it is. There's always somewhere I was rushed for the remote control when Sting comes on telly talking about his 10-hour tantric sex sessions. <laughs> uh, never a massive fan of the police, I have to say, Kieran, even. always no, I didn't, quite, didn't quite buy it. didn't seem to have the same credibility of it. Good bass player, but, you know. Maybe even then I had the look of a man who had a lot of sex and that put me off. You know. <laughs> bye, everybody.
0: Bye. <laughs>
1: I son photo ball.